Hey, this is Landon, and you're listening to episode 52 of the Geo Bachelor Podcast. Welcome to the Geo Bachelor Podcast, a show about everything but nothing at the same time. Two guys that took jobs away from their families and living the Geo Bachelor lifestyle. Hey, Dwayne, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How's it going? Oh, you know, uh, of course, we had a big couple weekends, last couple weeks uh, of deer season, so I've been kind of pumped. I haven't been hunting in like, I don't know, probably, well, the last deer I tagged was 2006. I saw it on the app that I had, so <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a couple years. Yeah, so it was it was kind of excited. Uh, got to take the daughter out hunting for the first time. So how was your hunting? Yeah, I got a few I got a few text messages while you were out hunting with your daughter. While she was sleeping. They actually weren't um sleeping while I was out there, but they were laying their head down, so I decided to make it look like they were sleeping. So to include my mother that was out there as well. But I was like uh texting out of frustration as from what I remember reading. Oh yeah. Um Oh yeah, you're talking about uh the the first deer that we saw. Uh of course we talked a little bit about you season, but uh this was during the regular season. I had my daughter out there and she she hesitated and as I knew she would, she hesitated with a scroll a couple weeks earlier, so I didn't know why a big deer <laughs> would be any different than a scroll, so <laughs> she definitely uh forgot to pull back the trigger. And she was using her grandma's gun instead of the one that she was using for you season. So she was a little mad about that. And she's like, well, if I had the other girl's gun, I could have used it. And it was, you still had to pull back the hammer. So, which is what she forgot to do. Right. And I mean, you first, you came back off of, you was frustrated. Dude, she, I was could, mad. she didn't pull the hammer back. Was... But then you kind of came down on yourself because you're like, I should have been doing more coaching well, than, than yeah. what you did. Well, there was there was probably about four or five deer. Uh, the story changes every time I tell it. It was at least four, for sure. And I was, I was thinking if they kept coming across, I would just wait for her to pull the trigger, and then I would also get one as well. So we could get a twofer, and that would be, you know, pretty good story, too. But uh, they were all does, and... Sure enough, I they never came into my view. I was hunting out of a side window, so they went back the other way, and uh, we didn't get any of them. So it's it was quite interesting. Well, I mean that happens. Uh, I mean she was probably excited for sure, and seeing a deer. Yeah, I mean, and knowing that if this was her time to to finally shoot. And, and when it, I usually, I wouldn't think that I would get excited about those, but I guess since it's been, I don't know, 14 plus years since I shot a deer and those door, does came through, my heart was racing like it was a big buck. And I don't know if it was like, was, I was excited for my daughter to shoot and maybe I should have been a little bit more, I don't know. I just pulled a, a regular landing move and <laughs> I, I screwed up and I, 
I got cocky and I thought we could get two shots out of it and we got none. So it is what it is. A learning experience. Yeah. But uh, things definitely got, when dad wasn't around, things got a little bit to an extent better than better than that. Uh, she went out hunting on what I like to call Buck Central. And they, they were seeing bucks every day. Uh, the only caveat was that they couldn't shoot a buck until the the guy that owns the land, his daughter, killed a buck. So that was that was the only caveat. So that happened a couple of days after they were hunting out there. And my daughter got a shot. The problem was nobody believed that she shot the deer, which <laughs> I sent you a video as well. I I kind of slowed it down. It was a little fuzzy video. And she immediately said I missed, which I shouldn't have taken her word. Um, but they looked a little bit. They didn't see any blood. And they ended up finding it. I think it was she shot it in the morning on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And then they didn't find it till the next evening when another guy was looking for his deer. So that was that was kind of a bummer. Uh, I, I do like deer meat, so I don't like to see that go to waste. But it was it was kind of an all around bad deal. Uh, the only good thing that came out. I don't think it's an all around bad deal. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It, she got a deer. Yeah, she just she not did on the day that she shot it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she's got that that deer going uh, to get European mounted, so and hydro dipped. So yeah, it was a good buck. So how many points was it? It was an eight pointer. Um, I actually was heading down from work because I had to work that week. And I was heading down from work and I was there for the gutting process. I don't want to get too graphic, but that deer smelled so bad because they thought they could still salvage. And so we let it, we gutted it, let it hang or hang for a day and a half, two days. It still smelled, it smelled horrible. But the bad thing was, I mean, even, I don't know, even if it was cold, I'm sure you would have had some of the meat rot, but. It was so warm those yeah, two was, days. Between yeah, it was those pretty two warm. Days, you got it. Seventy degree weather and meat's gonna spoil. Yeah. The um. So I never really ever told my daughter how big of a deer I ever shot until a couple days after, or when when we found the deer that night. I told her that I've never shot an eight point. So her being my child was pretty pretty arrogant towards me and a little rude. That her, uh, that her, that she shot a bigger deer than her dad, but I tell her I find the deer I shoot, so we'll see who wins well, that battle. And I shoot the deer that come in front of will me. always have shot a bigger deer, though, so. Well, not always, you know. Maybe, maybe there's that, I, I saw a nice one on camera, and, and it could very well be a eight-plus point buck. And it was built like a cow. I think it bred with a cow. So it was biggest deer I've ever seen. So, so would it would it dress for three hundred pounds? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a little bit of an inside joke. Um, I will tell you the the little button buck that I shot was probably the heaviest deer, and I, I didn't really go in depth on that. And maybe a little bit later we will, but with. With your elderly mother, I say elderly loosely, but I mean, she doesn't get around very well. 
hiking that deer up by yourself, I don't care how big that deer is, it's still a chore. Especially if you don't have like a winch. Maybe I should have got a winch or something like that. So I've been making a whole bunch. What are you trying to put it in your truck? No, um, when I was hanging it up to skin it. Oh, so they make these things now, and I know it's been a minute, but it's essentially a pulley system. And you hook your deer in there, and you just pull. I mean, it's there's we, no we we had we had that. No, you must not have had it right. Well, it was probably a Harbor Freight edition. I, in fact, I know it is because my brother-in-law picked it up from Harbor Freight. Um, which earlier in the season, uh, usually every year we get a deer donated by another family, uh, relatives that don't eat deer. So they, they give it to us and uh, we butchered it ourselves. And it was it was quite a very large deer. And they were using um, the, ratchet st- or the ratchet straps. They made their yeah. own little makeshift like hanger, and then they were ratchet stretching it up, and it was a very much larger deer than mine. <laughs> but so, when you all process the deer, I I really like to. So I geek out on when I process. I like watch videos and and I like to, you know, try to get it as close to if you took it to a butcher shop and they deboned it and cut all the roasts out and you know, all the things. So do you guys just whack, you know, whack at it and just cut the, cut it off the bone? Or do you all try to get the roast to look like, you know, the round roast and the strip roast and, you know, so, top, yeah. top round, all that stuff? Um, so I watched a couple of the episodes off of Meat Eater on how to butcher deer. It's been, I don't know, like I said, it's been, been a while. I mean, we've... I, I've assisted a little bit, very loosely assisted with uh, the year that we usually, or the deer that we usually get every year. So I watched the meat eater episodes. I didn't really find them that helpful. And then after we were butchering, after we butchered my deer, I watched this video and I'll have to send it to you. It's like the most elaborate. I mean, they're butchers, like their profession. The bearded butchers. Yeah, the bearded butchers. It was like an hour long video. And yeah, I already watched it. He made it so smooth, like it was nothing. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. I will have to say, though, we skinned that deer, my deer, within an hour and a half. Or cut up and everything, or quartered and skin. And it probably took me two hours to drag it out of the woods. So. <laughs> so, well, before, before we get into your dragon episode, so yeah, if anyone is a novice or just wants a refresher or wants to try to do a better job because i know up in my part of missouri um, they weren't accepting deer or a lot of people to save on processing they used to be able to take debone deer to the processors well the processors that were taking deer were not taking meat that was already processed they had to cut it off the bone themselves yeah so um, and we have a cousin of ours, he went and got a deer processed, proce- processed, um, and had some sausage made and some deer sticks and, you know, just things like that. His bill was $300. So, yeah, I had a little, um, one of the guys in my office, the, his dad, he got his butchered 
and it cost him $150 and he headed back within two days. And I know he got some sticks, like little summer sausage sticks and a few other things down in like Eldon area, I think is where he got it butchered. But I don't know if he went to, I'm, I'm pretty sure they said he went to the Mennonites. I don't know for sure. And within 20 or 48 hour turnaround, give or take, you know, maybe three days total by the time he dropped it off. They already had it done, and I was everywhere I've looked. It was like they're all behind, so I was a little confused on that. So I had to yeah. find where well, he took it. Well, I mean, like I said, there. up here, up here, we can't even get anything butchered. Yeah. So knowing knowing that going into it uh, with my brother in law, uh, UP, and my father in law, we went in and bought a one and a half horse grinder, and we used it on a buddy's deer. He got used the maiden voyage. Yeah. It was a pretty big deer. Probably had about 30 pounds of meat, and they ground every bit of it. He ground it twice. Took him 10 minutes to ground all that meat. I mean, it was zipping through it. Yeah. And then, uh, but what I was getting at was, if anyone is, because deer season's still going on. Uh, there's bow season. Uh, the Alt- doe season is the first weekend of December, and then the alternate season starts in January. So there's still chances to get deer. Um, don't be intimidated by it, man. Just watch a few videos on YouTube. And if you, if you mess it up, I mean, what are you really out of, you know, to be yeah. honest, you can probably salvage most of it. By the time I got done with my fourth deer, I would, I can do a, a ham or a back leg like that dude. Uh-huh. Not as quick. I know not as quick, but I can get all the cuts out like that he puts out there. So I mean, it comes with practice, like everything else. You know, you need to talk. Yeah, you need to talk UP into getting his father to install a like a fridge unit up there, like they have, so that way you can hang them. You know, in the cold. Normally, it's usually deer season. It's a lot more colder than it was this year. But uh, I was watching where they kind of like aged it a little bit, or like let it hang for three or four days. But it just seemed like it went so much smoother. And I don't think it was enough. Well, see, we we let ours hang. I yeah. mine mine. I killed mine uh, on a warm day. It was the f- first Friday of deer season, so right before the second weekend, right? I killed one that morning. It was seventy some degrees, and I didn't process that deer till Monday. So I let it hang that whole entire time um, in my dad's garage. Yeah. So. It's ventilated. I mean, no animals are get to it, and you know there was no bugs or anything. But letting it hang is where it's at. I think. I mean, it just gets most of that blood out of it. Um, it's just easier to process. It's firmed up. I mean, when you do it fresh, like obviously oh, you did. Yeah. It's 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 pr- it's messy. It's uh, messy. I I shot. Um, and I'll go a little bit more in the story a little bit later, but. I shot the deer probably about 10.30, had it back up to the truck about 12.30, 1 o'clock, back to my hometown. So I drove all the way back home, uh, butchered it, got it all ready, and quarter. I say butchered it, I quartered it up. Um, my mom, uh, she they make beef jerky out of the rib, like inside the ribs. So she she did all that tedious work that I, I refused to do. I think the ribs are useless. Um, so she makes jerky out of rib meat. Yeah. And she just cuts it out through the, 
through the center of the ribs and then uh, sticks in the de- or, uh, dehydrator. Well, she does a few more things than that. And then we were ready to go, and I was like, well, we're going to stay here because the Chiefs are playing tonight. So <laughs> I caught the Chiefs game, and then we headed down in the morning to go hunt again. But it was the last two days of deer season, which I took off Tuesday. It was just crappy. It it I, I wasn't expecting a lot. We had this deer that just kept teasing us, running back and forth. I couldn't tell what it was, and I'm talking like four or five laps, just running back and forth in front of us, and I'm like, yeah, so, and then the daughter could have went out for you season this, this last weekend, but she decided to stay at home, so she is a trooper, though. I will give her that. She got up every morning for two weeks straight and was out there 30, 40 minutes before deer season opened, or before, you know. I was able to take uh, Macy out, but she's in basketball now. She's suffered pretty bad sprain, so she's got the whole boot on. So we weren't able to do all the hunting we want. But she went out a day, and she she tripped through it. We just, like you said, it was that last weekend, and the deer just weren't moving in the evenings like they were earlier on. But let's uh, let's get into your escapade of this deer haul that you did okay yeah so there's some things it's been a while since i've been hunting i i kind of recently got back into hunting and fishing probably i don't know probably because of the, the going down to the camper you know fishing down or living down in bennett springs when when i bought the camper so i kind of got back into say my roots i guess uh, i grew up hunting and fishing quite a bit so but like I said, it's been a while since I've hunted. So I decided, number one, I was frustrated that my my daughter had already killed a deer. And I had, other than those does that first couple days or whenever it was, I hadn't seen crap. So I see a deer and I get excited. And I knew it was over the creek. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? That creek wasn't that bad. I can shoot over that creek. And I shot it, and uh, it went a little bit further than 20 yards. Uh, Didn't go 20. It didn't go 40, but let's say that. And I shot it, and I had to cross the creek, which was a problem in itself because it's flood area where where we were hunting at. It floods all the time. Did you go running for it? Like, were you, like, sprinting for this deer? Or no, was it no, nonchalantly no, no. getting over there? I, oh, okay. I, I probably got up a little quicker than what I thought, but when I took off running, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, I could not have missed that deer. <laughs> so I was kind of excited to see if I actually hit it. It took me about 30 minutes to get across the creek, which uh, was a problem in itself because it was like quicksand in there. It was all mud. So I finally got across, found the deer, And then I had to figure out how to drag it. Number one, I get over there, which was a nightmare in itself. And then I realized I don't have my knife. My EDC that I just bought for this trip that I was showing you. For for Mm -hmm. you non-noobs, that's everyday carry knife. And let me tell you, my hands can show it. It it works like a charm. It will slice through hand fingers like no other. But the problem with is... EDC is everyday carry. You missed the C. 
of this little adventure. <laughs> so either way, I I get over there and I just watched a video a couple weeks before about how to gut a deer because I had to get a little refresher from Stephen Ranella. And I realized I don't have a saw, so I can't cut the hip bones or anything like that. So I gut it out after I realized I wasn't going to haul it across the creek while because it was heavy. The rib cages, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little, not too graphic, but like usually you, you cut the hip bones and then you cut the rib cage so that way you can take out the, the innards as I like to care or call them. I didn't have any of that whatsoever. So I just had my knife, which I had to go get. My mom had to throw it across the creek, which was, <laughs> it landed in the water. It was, it, it was just, I don't know. Either way, the first, or those are the first two lessons. The third lesson is do not bring your mother that has an issue trying to get around to help haul this deer out because she starts deciding that she's going to crawl down to the creek. And I'm like, I'm not carrying you both. Like, there's no way. If you break a hip, like, it, I'm I'm not. You're just going to have to stay out here. I'll, I'll go get somebody else, one of your buddies, to go get the uh, side-by-side to come haul you out because I can't carry you. So I get over there, clean it all out, and I drag it down to the creek. The problem was where I dragged it down to was the one where I didn't cross. I was like, well, I can still make it through. So I lose a boot twice trying to get across this creek. <laughs> Twice. Did it fill fill up with water? No, like quicksand. Not yet. (laughs) It didn't fill up with water yet. Uh, It got really close. And I was wearing those boots that I bought for turkey season because I had to buy all new gear. So they they were pretty high up boots. So... I decide, well, I'm just going to change change direction. I'm going to go back to where I crossed the first time. And, uh, oh, sorry, side story. When I went to cross the first time, I see something swimming in the water. So I'm not very handsy and able to, it was an otter or a beaver. We narrowed it down to an otter now. But there was about four of them in the river, and they were swimming up staring at me. Well, hold on that. I mean, the creek just went to a river. I'm, I'm uh, it's a, it's a, creek. a creek. It's a creek. It's a creek. Okay. Okay. So, so I call my mom, who's more outdoorsy. I know that's sad to say. She's more outdoorsy than pretty much anybody I know. And I was like, "What are the chances that these otters are going to attack me when I try to cross the river or the creek?" And she goes, "No, you'll be fine." And they just kept staring at me the entire time. So eventually I like, I'm shooing them away, right? (laughs) (laughs) Trying not to get attacked by an otter. But so I get across the creek either way. So I'm dragging this deer down and I realize I can't cross there. So then I have to drag it back up the hill. And this ravine is literally nine foot down. Ravine, okay. okay. Like it is nine foot down. It's straight flood area. Nothing but mud. So I have to drag it back up. Okay. Yeah, so I had to drag it back up the hill, which I'm sliding the whole way. I can't get a hold of anything. And then I have to go about another, and I'm not lying, dude. I know I like to exaggerate at least 200 yards, if not 300 yards, and I'm dragging this deer down (laughs) to the cross where I'm going to have to cross. And then I have to drag it back another 300, 200 to 300 yards 
back the other way. I was so dead, and it took me two hours to get that deer out. And I'll never shoot another deer across that creek. And I, I swore to my mom, I'm like, I'm not shooting another deer. And she goes, wait till a big buck comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was, what creek? I don't know the creek. <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot. I should have got a rope or something like that. I don't know. It, it was just a disaster. But either way, we got the deer back and, uh, like I said, skinned it and quartered it up and made made a whole bunch of meat, beef jerky, and some summer sausage. So I've tasted that. You already made the summer sausage? Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought about waiting, but we we made half just to see how how it tasted and stuff like that. So I had to make Did some adjustments. Did the process go, go better this year? Or? Well, I decided uh, to cook it. So we have an electric smoker, so I decided to cook it in the oven. Uh, just keep, you know, better control. We got brand new oven. So I was like, well, I'd rather have control of temperature. And I use those meat probes that have electric, you know, that sets the timer off when it hits the temperature and it worked like, like it was perfect. So, um, yeah, texture is a little off, but it is what it is. And then, um, have you ate any of your deer? Um, no, nope. It's all frozen. Uh, we're going to end up making a pretty, uh, about a hundred pounds of sausage at once. Yeah. So, um, we got to get together or get some more pig fat because that's what we're going to mix. 80, 20 mix. Uh, once we get a little bit more of that, we'll be ready to go. And once everyone's going to round, cause it's going to be a process. We're going to be grinding five deer. Jeez. And then mixing the meat and, uh, you know, stuff in the casings and everything. So, yeah, yeah, that's going to be some work. I did. I did half or I say half. We it was a 30 pound. It made 30 pounds of summer sausage and I did half. So it was I think it was 12 pounds of deer. And then we just got like uh, pork butt grounded up. And then we did uh, three pounds of that. So we made 15 pounds so far, which came out, I, I say 15. We did, we forgot, we found more meat after after we got done. So uh, we made four very large three-pound sticks. Um, so we had 12 pounds of that. I would say one whole stick's gone now. So the kids go through that like crazy. And then we, I don't know how much, we made three different, sessions of beef jerky so got a little bit of everything yeah i I took and what i'm gonna do with my roasts i was gonna make jerky out of those and uh should be good i I like trying different things so it doesn't ever go to waste so my my favorite part by all means is is the tenderloin or the loin that i i don't know i just get excited you just flour it up and fry it in all fatness and it is amazing and so you're talking about the actual tenderloin? Yeah. So I'm talking about, I say the backstrap the and I, I take the backstrap and the loin inside. Um, I, I kind of group those together. We cook them together. Yeah. And I told my wife, I was like, well, I want some tenderloin Wednesday or this was last Wednesday. And she's cooking and I, I go over there and I look at it because I don't like to fry a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, this, this looks weird. I, I saw the product and it was 
it, somehow it was pork tenderloin that was in the freezer. Number one, who knew we had pork tenderloin in the damn freezer, right? Number two, why why in the world would I want pork tenderloin after I've been thinking about deer hunting for nonstop for a month? Like, what what goes through a woman's mind that thinks why, that I why, want pork tenderloin? Why is tenderloin? she making it? I don't, I don't do frying very well. That's that. So I'm the barbecue guy. I'm the smoke guy, right? The smoker guy. Those are my jobs. Okay. She's the fryer. Even after you burned up all those wings that one time, you still get to barbecue? Look, that was an accident. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> the fact of the matter was, Wednesday we had pork tenderloins, which, number one, like I said, I didn't even know we had it in the damn freezer. I'm, I'm very frustrated still to this day. But um, <laughs> yesterday we actually had deer. Deer loin. Yeah, I, I got some... Uh tenderloin sitting in my fridge right now just kind of i'm still letting it uh you know season a little bit just keeping it cool in the fridge i'm gonna fry i don't know i've never fried it up i may try flour and fry it up and see what it's like um that's how i grew up it was fried ten or like that fried loin so are you talking backstrap you fry it too yeah flour it up put some seasoning in the flour and then just straight fry it up and like we've pan fry it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it done a few different ways, but, um, and then, then I had the guy that my daughter shot the deer off of, uh, he, he had some deer like breakfast sausage that he used to make. So we had some of that the other day too, that he, he let us try from like last year's deer. So yeah, it's cool. pretty good. Well, yeah, so there's still time. We're going to try to get a few more down. My UP, he was my hunting partner for the most part uh, because my dad got a big one open morning, so he was pretty much, no, he wasn't as motivated, let's just say, which I don't blame him. I probably wouldn't have either, but um, UP had a a rough season. He didn't (laughs) see a couple deer the whole time and uh, just never got one down, so... We're thinking about investing in a crossbow because you can use that during the alternative season. I think it'd be just fun to do. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, should be. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, uh, is your kids wanting to start to get an archery now? or? Uh, so my daughter has officially, I say made loose, or like she, she paid money to join the archery team. You don't really have to try to make out or to make it. So she she's on our high school archery team. She starts, I think, within a couple of weeks. I think is when archery starts. They're at the school. The school has an archery team. So uh, I actually caught her. I looked over her shoulder, and uh, she uh, she was looking at Matthew's bows. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, sure she was. <laughs> I was like, number one. You're not getting a Matthews bow before I do. Number two, you're never getting a Matthews bow. You do not take care of crap. You're so at all. Is it is this um, compound bow archery or is it recurve or is it? Um, I believe it's compound. I I've only seen like a few pictures off the school's website, the Facebook page. So I don't really know a lot about it. I mean, we we never had we never had those. You know. They are the other extracurricular activities like that in school. So I, I guess it's compound from what it looks like. So 
I don't know. I'm, the boys like shooting boys or bows, so of course she, you know, she wants to shoot bows like the boys. So she wants to keep up with the boys, huh? Yeah. So then she she starts that in a couple of weeks. We've we've kind of looked at it. She's kind of in that awkward stage because she's 15. So it's like, do I buy her youth bow? Because I've looked at youth bows and they look kind of dinky. Like they are. Jax's got one. So I don't, but I really don't know if she can pull back a regular bow. So that's something I've got to, I don't know a lot about bows. I had one, I don't know, 10 plus years ago. So I'm look, looking, looking to kind of get back into buying a bow. So we'll, we'll see, you know, something to do with the kid, but yeah, well, you got a lot to learn for them because bows have ranged so much and, you know, five, six years that, they're ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that that bow. I, I mean, had. if you were on the Matthews website, <laughs> you've seen how ridiculous they are. Oh yeah, they're they get. I, and I'm I'm on a few Facebook groups now, so I've been looking at bows nonstop for the last week and a half. So they've got, I mean, they've got sites that tell you like, I don't know if they have like a rangefinder in them, and they can see yeah. where you're built-in yeah. rangefinder. Yeah, it's craziness. So. <laughs> Which like the site alone the is Garmin like Garmin has some sweet yeah ones. it's like seven hundred dollars for a site and I'm just like that's more than I want to pay for a bow <laughs> how how do I explain that yeah. to the accountant that I want to buy a bow and a site <laughs> yeah so well, we'll it's all we'll, together huh? no the site alone is like seven hundred dollars I saw it it's a Garmin I know yeah it's ridiculous you get it all together yeah it's just what they are huh I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> But either way, you know, that kind of probably wraps up this episode. I I feel like we're we're right at the 30 minute mark or a little bit past it. So but it's nice talking to you. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. This whole teleworking fifty percent into office has got everything kind of out of whack, but you know it is what it is and uh we'll make the best of it. Yeah, definitely. So all right, ready. Out.